0: DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Archdiocese of Omaha, presents Why It Matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas. Pope Francis, in his encyclical letter, Lumen Fidehi, The Light of Faith, said that Face past, the act of Jesus' love which brought new life to the world, comes down to us through the memory of others, witnesses, and is kept alive in that one remembering subject, which is the Church. The Church is a mother who teaches us to speak the language of faith. In that spirit, this series of conversations with Archbishop Lucas brings the many aspects of the Catholic faith and why it matters, not only to the individual, but also to families, communities, and the world at large. Why it matters. An Exploration of Faith with Archbishop George Lucas. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We now continue our conversation with Archbishop Lucas, discussing Gaudium et Spes, the pastoral constitution on the church in the modern world. Welcome, Archbishop Lucas.
1: Thank you, Chris. It's good to be back with you.
0: We continue a, a discussion. I I suppose I was kind of surprised that we took as much time to go through Gaudium et Spes, the pastoral constitution on the church in the modern world. But then again, I'm not, because the world's a big place, and human beings are complicated. And these are important issues we've been discussing.
1: And the pastoral constitution speaks to us about how to live our faith in the world, and so we live it in various aspects and in different stages of life, and then also in aspects of our responsibility as disciples of of Jesus Christ.
0: In this particular section of Gaudium et Spes, it addresses chapter four, an area entitled The Political Community. And when this was originally conceived, this document, in the early 60s, mid-60s, there was a lot going on in the world, from a Cold War that we weren't sure how that was all going to end, and so many uprisings and tumult in society. We are 50-plus years out now, even longer than that, and seems as though we're right back where we were. What's old is new, Mm -hmm. isn't it?
1: Yeah, and you could add to that, you know, in that period when this document was composed, there were many groups and and countries in in the world, particularly the southern hemisphere, that had been colonized by, by other countries and that were gaining their independence. And uh, beginning to form a sense of what it meant to be a, a cohesive political community without outside interference. The, mm-hmm. At least that, that was the hope. And, and remember when we first started talking about the Second Vatican Council, we recalled how f- fresh in the mind of the council fathers were the, the horrors of the First and Second World Wars and the kind of unjust governments that helped give rise to those and then what had to be the response of of other countries and and government. So, that, as you say, that in those days it, it was a very fraught atmosphere in, in which they were thinking and, and writing. Out of that, though came principles that which we find in this document, which not only applied to that immediate situation, but uh, still to us as the circumstances change. So, the Cold War is over now for some years, but the, the human weakness, uh, individually but and, and collectively, that that leads us to have any kind of war mentality or footing. At all, Whether it's cold or, or hot, often it's a mixture of both in the, in the world, that uh, sadly is, is still with us. And, and so we still have the challenge of bringing the message of the Prince of Peace into a world where people are, are at odds with each other.
0: And that tension of brother, sister, mother, father, the whole family, society, that friction that can come with diverse opinions on how to approach a subject... That is some place where our spiritual life and how we live it needs to come into play. It needs to be able to help directly into those situations.
1: Sure, that's a manifestation of the woundedness of, of our sinful humanity, our own sins and the, the effects of, of original sin. Uh, we know that the, Jesus is the Savior who has come to, to heal us there in our individual relationships, but also in the corporate relationships that are part of our life in the world. Again, that that's more the focus of, of this document than the individual things, but but sometimes small things become big things. The lack of respect and, and lack of desire for, for understanding and, and the lack of forgiveness and tolerance, really tolerance in a good, uh, rich Christian sense. The challenge really of uh, our life together, and it's the challenge of governments and of our political structures, to help bring together individuals who have a lot of different ideas and who are passionate about some things and hurt about some other things and who have their own legitimate self-interest, and to try to kind of harness all that energy into a community where, where the common good will be served. Not everybody gets what he or she wants at no. every moment necessarily, but but we're, in general, we're trying to build each other up and make it possible for individuals, for families, for communities to, to flourish within the structure of the government. And then the government, the politics of one country has to somehow be in harmony with or exist with, with neighboring governments. So it's an important aspect of, of human life and of human flourishing. It's, it's not easy uh, to do it. The council fathers spoke then. We, we continue to, to speak from the, the light and the experience of, of the gospel and with an understanding of God's plan for human flourishing so that we can apply what, what we find there to the, the everyday challenges of, of living together within our country, within our state. Uh, but also as we relate with other countries.
0: For a country like the United States, where we have a representative government, oftentimes people refer to that as a democracy. There is a nuance, there is a difference in some ways, but it's essentially different than, as we may recognize, some countries who have clearly a dictatorship type of system. And... We have been uh, concerned in the past, maybe not always as well as we should, to the care of the, of the rights of those who may be harmed in some way by something that is very oppressive. Sometimes that happens when dictatorships, doesn't it? That's
1: yeah, so why Catholics were called to have a concern for all of the members of the human family. Naturally, we have a, a more concern and more responsibility for the people close to us, for those in our own community and, and, and in our own country. But we can't be unaware of the needs of, of people in, in other places. Democracy, representative government, however we want to describe it, it's relatively new in human history. The concept of it is ancient, but the, the living out of it, as, as we have experienced it here, so many beautiful ways in, in this country that it's relatively new. So there, there have been other forms of government, other kinds of polity, if you, if you want to call it, in, in which people have flourished more or less through, through, throughout history. We value what we have here, not only because it's ours, because we see there's a great possibility here for the people from their own understanding of, of their God-given dignity and of, an understanding of the dignity of, of our brothers and sisters in the community to uh, come together and decide how best to move forward, how best to shape society, uh, how best to govern ourselves. Again, it's a, always with reference to, to the law of God, we hope, uh, it's our responsibility to see that that's the case. So it's it's not total total self determination. The uh, experience of self government is an experience of, of human dignity and an experience of the gifts that God gives us to understand our life, our challenges, and then to work together to to meet those challenges. So we see in our own history, you know, it's been mixed. As sadly, it always seems to be in in this world. There are some things that we've been able to accomplish that have really Supported the uh, life and dignity not only of the individual but of the of us as a corporate group, our our, our society, and other places where, where we we have uh, have fallen short. We see them as we look beyond our own borders. Others in in other nations struggling in perhaps different circumstances, and like ourselves, maybe achieving some uh, measure of success and and a, in enhancing human flourishing according to the law of God, and in other places where they either have uh, become missed. Guided in doing it, or where uh, they are uh, laboring, suffering really under an oppres- oppressive regime that makes it impossible for the citizens there to have a kind of self direction like we experience here.
0: There is a surprise by some when the church actually will speak up in those circumstances. They may say, You have no business, you cannot make statements about. What occurs in those political systems? Clearly, that message will come from, say, uh, a leader of a particular country that you know just doesn't want to hear it. The uh, call to a higher moral high ground. Sometimes even the people will uh, respond and say, "Well, you have no business to say anything."
1: People in those countries may not like the fact that somebody from outside is meddling. And others may just criticize. The church or religious leaders are people whose, whose thought is formed by, by their faith. It could be any, any, good, uh, any good citizen. Speaking out on something that's, that seems on the face of it to be secular, but because it involves human persons and because it involves human dignity and the rights of, of people, God-given rights, it's a fair subject you know, for conversation in, in the light of faith. As in every other situation, we don't want to simply be critical It's important that we point out things that are wrong, and it's part of the gift of prophecy that we have from baptism to be able, in in the light of faith, to to call something for what it is. If something is evil, if if it's oppressive, if it's against human dignity or human flourishing, to to be able to to say that and not simply pretend that whatever is happening anywhere is fine. Beyond that, though, is the challenge to try to have an influence uh, to improve things for the sake of the people who, who might be suffering. We take that responsibility most seriously at home. So not to say my country right or wrong, whatever our country is doing is fine by, by definition, but we try to be prophetic in, in terms of recognizing where we're falling short in our own country. But then to the extent that we have an influence And the, the our country because of its size and prosperity had, uh, does have an influence in a, lot, in a lot of places in our government policies, the ways that we trade, the ways that we offer aid or encourage or discourage military development in a variety of places can can have an effect and we want to try to influence our own governmental leaders to have a good effect in other places and and to not uh, just simply contribute to the to the mayhem or to, to the harm that's being caused
0: we'll return to why it matters an exploration of faith with archbishop george lucas in just a moment
1: Discerning Hearts thanks Spirit Catholic Radio for making airtime available for these important programs. To continue production of these programs, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, prayers, and more, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there, or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks, and God bless.
0: Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. We now return to Why It Matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas. One of the, I think, messages that Gaudi Spes would say in this particular chapter is that the laws of a society must protect the rights of people. And of course, I think all of us can agree that that's an important principle, but it's what are the rights? And to do what to behave in a particular manner, this way or that way, that's when it becomes very challenging, isn't it, mm-hmm. to be able to kind of guide people through that?
1: So what are the rights, and then where do the rights come from? Mm-hmm. So, if the rights, if we see that the rights come from the state uh, and, or from the government, mm-hmm. then the, the government tells us what our rights are and what they aren't. Agree with that or not, or, or push back whatever it might be, but our understanding is that, that human rights, human dignity come from God and that our human society should reflect, uh, God's design, uh, not only for the human person, but also f- for the human uh, community. God doesn't decree that we have to have us one type of government over, over another one p- party over another. It's our responsibility to the extent that we can have an influence to shape our, our society and, and to try to influence those who are, who serve us in, in public office according to what we understand to be uh, God's plan for us. I think I've uh, experienced over time that the the law of God is not unreasonable. So we can have discussions within uh, society and, and within the government, those of us whose convictions are shaped uh, by our faith. We can have discussions that, that are reasonable and can appeal to good judgment, uh, right judgment, kind of common sense, you might say, of, mm-hmm. of, of our neighbors as, as we try to formulate uh, good governmental policies, good, uh, just laws. We're not trying to impose our faith on others. We're not being people of integrity. If, if we aren't shaping our, our own thoughts, our own, our own actions, our own opinions, if you want to put it that way, uh, you know, by, by our faith.
0: I think it's important for us to say that for many who are listening to us, We are speaking within the context now, I'm going to bring up a couple questions, within the United States, because there are many different political systems in which those who are listening now will find themselves, you know, different countries, whether you're in Canada or Switzerland or portions of Africa. But there's some basic things I think we can learn from the behavior and sometimes the actions of those here in the United States, because it is on the world stage. So having prefaced that, it is part of our dynamic, as Americans anyway, to be a political people. We kind of cut our teeth on that, don't we, as we get older. And we hear very much about the Democrats, the Republicans, and even the Libertarians and other various parties. So the political systems are something that is pretty much ingrained in our being.
1: If we're going to have self-government, self-determination, then we'll necessarily have to be involved in choosing those who, who will represent us and and lead us. And often uh, there's more than one person who wants to do that and, and more than one idea about, about how it, it should be done. So so politics is an, is an important part of our life. I, I would say that, that right now it's a, a way out of uh, proportion. The media, social media and other uh, standard media, uh, just subject it to pol- all politics all the time. It's not necessary, and, and, I, don't, and I don't think it's healthy. It's important to remember that any one of us individually, but certainly are the things that we do corporately, and so whether it's a political party or government, any of that can become corrupted. Various parts of it can uh, sort of grow out of proportion to, to what's really healthy and, and good forward. There is a difference of, of opinion in, in politics and in, you know, in human relationships. When we get to a point, which I think we are now, um, at least in, in many cases, where the disagreement itself it becomes the point, then we have to ask, are we serving the common good? Are we really looking for ways to bring people together to build a society of justice, of love, and peace according to the plan of God? Or are we simply trying to win and dominate somebody else or make somebody else look bad, which is worse? The situation is complicated, and I you know, can't encapsulate it all here in, in a few words, but I think it's important, again, as the Council Fathers would invite us as as people of faith to take a step back and to be able to to critique what we see around us, and not simply to critique it, to be be critical, but to um, be able to look at it through the lens of our faith and the responsibility of, of, of faith to build up the human community. And I would say, and Jesus stresses this when he's in his challenges to the Pharisees, but even to his own disciples, it's important that we be especially ready to critique what we're a part of, it's not simply to critique the people that are on the other side mm-hmm. of us, but to to look honestly at, at ourselves, at our own party, our own faction, our own group, whatever however you want to call it, and really challenge ourselves to be the people that we're we're called to be. It, it's simply not enough as a disciple of Jesus Christ to say we're, we're you know we're not those bad people over there, and to think that can take some satisfaction. We don't define ourselves by just you know we're not them, but who are we and how are we? allowing ourselves to be shaped by the gospel of Jesus Christ so that we can have an influence. Maybe it's at a particular moment prophetic, maybe it's unpopular, but somewhere, and I can use our country as an example, somewhere we have to find and support leaders who enable us to build up what's right and good and not simply be opposing each other.
0: Yeah, I think as the document will encourage us that the truest duty politically is to oppose injustice, oppression, and intolerance. And that sometimes, within the context of one party or another, you may not always find that, because we're so concerned about certain moral issues.
1: In our experience, certainly in this country, we don't, we don't have a, what we might call a Christian party, a party that embraces the principles of the gospel as the, as the party. Platform. I don't think we should expect that, uh, that, that that's going to uh, that that's going to happen. In what I have just said, I don't mean to say that that, we, that there's sort of an equivalence, so that one party's as good as another, and we you know we don't criticize anybody for anything. But as as you say, we we need to cling to the, the principles that are right and good, the, the, especially the revealed truths about about human life and and, and dignity. And embrace them in a Catholic way. So a, a way that's that's very expansive. Not only do we do we want to put a stop to something that, that's wrong, but we also want to in the in the place of, of what's wrong bring what's good. We're struggling with that with some of that right now. I think it's it's clear some of the issues in you know in our country that, that we either want to want to oppose or, or, or limit uh, rightly. But then what are we for? And how can people of goodwill to move us forward in in terms in terms of of human flourishing, not simply stopping something but really allowing a flourishing to, to, to take its place so whether that, that might be the matter of human life it might be the marriage and family uh that there are any number of of issues without being too hard on ourselves i, I think part of the reason why some of these things are, are, are difficult for us to offer and and to for others to receive in our society is that perhaps they don't see it enough see it so clearly mm-hmm. in, in us and, and in, our, in our own in our own communities as, as as a good that doesn't mean that there aren't people who are doing it well and who are very authentic, good, good witnesses. But there are a lot of us, you know, who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. And I'm always a little bit sad, but put myself in in this first, that that, uh, together we can't give a clearer uh, witness of of the goodness of life in Christ that would be attractive to more people.
0: In so many ways, I, again, but like you, I'll put myself first. When it comes to political discourse, I will have a tendency, unfortunately, to respond to certain issues that may come up or that the expression of certain political leaders in my own response to that, which will contain a lack of virtue. Bottom line, I'll come out and I'll be very snarky about something, or I will say something that, you know, I really don't even want my kids to hear me saying to another, or I stand back and I look and I, did I really... Type that in a Facebook post. Did I really say that out loud to a group of friends? That's, I think, where the danger can come in, can it? Because we still feel so passionately about certain issues. Yeah,
1: the passion is good. So we should be should be passionate about what's right and uh, good. And so we don't want to somehow filter passion out of out of politics or out, mm-hmm. or out of our our discussion. But but the um, the only way that we that we move forward, I think, and, and be true to our to our vocation as disciples. Jesus is to stick to the teaching of the church for people who can accept it that way, or the reasonable principles that we draw from that that that, that others uh, can accept, and keep offering that as a gift, and, and then offer also to work together with others in the community to to bring about the the better thing that 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 we're looking for. Not simply call for it mm-hmm. uh, or critique people who aren't aren't doing it, but to to be ready to to put ourselves on the line to make it. And we see good examples of that in, in all kinds of ways in our in our community. People whose lives really are shaped by the gospel and who are who are dedicating themselves to to building up the lives of the life of the communities in which they live, the lives of, of their brothers and sisters, and, and you know working with those who who will work with them.
0: We'll continue our conversation on Gaudium et Spes, the pastoral constitution on the Church in the modern world, in our next episode. You've been listening to Why It Matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit DiscerningHearts.com or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Archdiocese of Omaha. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this program has been helpful for you that you will first pray for our mission, which is to bring authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Why It Matters, an Exploration of Faith with Archbishop George Lucas.